I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who can kill the body, but after that do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Discharge. Fear him who, after killing of the body, has the power to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Discharge. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yes, not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Do not be afraid. You are worth more. Than many sparrows. <laughs> Sorry, what? Why? Why in that Bible passage are we equating like humans' monetary value in comparisons to sparrows? No, it sounds like sort of a street seller, doesn't it? Like two sparrows for five sparrows for a penny, five sparrows for a penny. Luke. Come on, roll right up. Come on, love, get your sparrows. <laughs> Fresh sparrows. Fresh caged sparrows on skewers. <laughs> I imagine that he's just like he's got a sort of long cocktail stick and. Pushed them anus to mouth through the sparrow. Like Jerusalem's. He's, like deep, he's deep fried them and he's just dishing them out. Jerusalem's version of Nando's. <laughs> um, but thank you for, well, clicking on this wonderful podcast. I feel we should begin by introducing our mysterious disembodied voices. Oh, yeah. Uh, good morning, people, or good afternoon, or good evening, or good night, or anything else that Jim Carrey may reference in the, the catchphrase in The Truman Show. My name is Olivia. It's, it's not. I don't know why I just said that. If you want, we could all adopt sort of alternative female personalities for the duration <laughs> of this show. Welcome to the, the female episode of Verbal Discharge. Starring Olivia, Sally, and Jane. Um, <laughs> Where did you summon those names from? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think your mum's called Sally. She is. And she you, is. yours isn't called Jane. I thought you could run with the theme that Jordan's a unisex name. So I could have. And James... Jordan with the big maracas. <laughs> to be honest, I was unsure which one you were assigning to me. Because <laughs> there's, there's my mum's name, Sally, and Jane, which is, I think, the closest you can get to James. Yeah. As a... Well, a female um, equivalent. Can I be Sally? If you want. I remember sort of like in year eight, I had like a day, a lunchtime in which sort of that lunchtime's gimmick, if you will, was that I assigned basically everyone in our year like a reverse sex name. Um, oh, I miss those gimmicks. Yeah. I, I miss the days where you could just go and be like, your name is Dave. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm Jennifer. No, <laughs> you're Dave now. <laughs> <laughs> Really forcefully. <laughs> I was I was a violent and then, youth. The the worst thing is then when you come to your school reunion they've had a gender reassignment operation. <laughs> and oh, actually, you, you kicked this one off, Jordan. <laughs> Before you gave me the name Dave, I didn't realise that I wanted to be a man. Um no, I I was Sally then. Um and I think it's stuck and I've always wanted to kind of be called Sally. Fair enough. So from now on, I'm Sally. Um no to, uh, my actual name is Robbie, but... Just out of interest, have either of your parents ever said to you, if you were a girl, I would have called you this? Uh, I would have been Karis. Karis? Karis, yeah. I've never Karis heard Owen. the name Karis. Think... My cousin's called Karis. Like they, they stole it. They were born... She was born after me. <laughs> I think um, I would have been an Elizabeth. I'm not quite sure, though. I, I, I would have been called Lucy. Would they not have stuck with Lucy. Jordan? No. Oh. Apparently not. I don't but know why. Then to continue with this, seeing as we're doing like an introduction, we're we're pretty comprehensively covering our names here, but not um, actually our names. What would did any of you have an alternate name that you were almost called? Oh, um, yeah, it's my middle name, Daniel. Oh, really? I would have been Dan, but then my mum was like, "I like the River Jordan." I was like, oh, <laughs> "Okay, no, seriously, this is why she called me Jordan." Were you named after the River Jordan? I was Jordan? named after the River Jordan, and I and I, I asked her about this. So I was like, "Why do you name me Jordan?" She was like, oh, "I really like the River Jordan. I think it's beautiful." And I was like, "Have you ever been to the River Jordan?" She was like, "No." <laughs> Just as well she didn't like the Mississippi. <laughs> Wait until, you know, I squirt one out and I've got my, my son Eiffel Tower. I've never been there, but I've heard it's nice. That's an interesting euphemism for having a baby. It might... Squirt one out. Admittedly, it isn't the most pleasant like combination of words I've uttered today. I'd, I'd like to just add to that, my future child, the concept of happiness. <laughs> I might not have a daughter I... named the Melancholy. <laughs> You just, you know, really, really to spite the child, give them a name that they could never and integrate into society with. Middle name can be Wallow, just so they've got like. <laughs> you can work it out so they can complete a sentence with their name. Um, similarly, I'm I'm James. That, that's who I am. And together, the three of us are 
Verbal discharge. Oh, that was a wonderfully that unscripted was, uh, unison moment. <laughs> it was. There was actual cohesion there. It was. Which it was is terrific. And yeah. if you like that level of cohesion and operation as a radio unit, you can keep listening to hear no more of that for the remaining <laughs> however long we're going to go on for you today. Can put on Radio Two and listen to something else, or you can keep going to the joy that is verbal discharge. 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 So this morning I was researching Hitler's sex life. (laughs) (laughs) Right, okay. And and I'll I'll be honest, that isn't what I was expecting you to open with there, but fair enough. So no, I stumbled across it. Um I was Googling one thing or another, I can't quite remember. Yeah, um, I do want to go back through your search history now. <laughs> it was... Hitler's I was sex life. <laughs> I was trying to write another, a different um, feature for a podcast. Um, I had another idea, and I was Googling that, searching something for that. Okay. At which point, I happened upon a link um, from The Telegraph, which read, what was Hitler's sex life really like? Um, and <laughs> <laughs> Because, of course, we're, we all know those many undocumented, oh, yeah. un- unofficial accounts. <laughs> but no, they've got straight to the heart of the matter and found no, out what Hitler was doing Someone had written an unofficial, like, a fictional biography of um, Eva... Oh, God. Um, I should know Eva this. Eva Braun. Eva Braun, yes. Eva Braun, uh, who is, of course, his, his wife. Fifty Shades Fiora. <laughs> <laughs> and it featured, like, f- fictionalised scenes of him and her mating. Um, Wait, did you find Hitler and Eva Braun fan fiction? No, someone had written a novel that happened that was written from her perspective on the war, but it was fictional. Ah, okay. Um, right. okay. But it featured scenes in which they would rut. <laughs> and so, Steamy genocidal sex. The Telegraph like furious being furious Reich constructing <laughs> rams. Furious. Okay. No, um, no, 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 I'll accept it, I'll accept it. <laughs> but the te- this was about a year ago now. The Telegraph, being hard-hitting journalists, decided that the, the way to cover this book in best would be to look up Hitler's sex life and uncover some truths. So I read this article, and that got me thinking about other things. And so I I looked at some more, and I did probably about two hours' research on Adolf Hitler's sex life, hmm. which was enlightening, frankly, and led to this... So I now present... Oh, oh, the shuffling of the papers as well. I now present to you the historically accurate Sex with Hitler Choose Your Own Adventure <laughs> story. <laughs> right, okay, fantastic. So um, if you can each head in your own different directions, I'll try and keep track of where you each are. Oh, uh, there are ways, in order to make it easier for me to write and be able to print out instead of having like a 60-volume book... Um, there are points in which it sort of cancels it out, and if you want, you can then restart or re-choose or whatever uh, your should option. We, um, in order to make it easier, should we do it one at a time? Yeah, you do James first, and then okay, we'll, okay. we'll choose different paths. Just like Hitler and Eva Braun did. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, no, that uh, makes it sound as though I had sex with Hitler and Eva Braun. <laughs> as far as I'm aware, I have never engaged <laughs> in intercourse with a dictator. <laughs> um, okay, so just before, before we get started, fun fact... At least five of Hitler's sexual partners committed attempted suicide, three of which were successful. There's, <laughs> there's three of us. Hey, fun fact. <laughs> so no, I think I think it'd be better off actually if we just play through this and you both go at once, um, okay. rather than repeating the same questions. Uh, all right. All right. Okay. okay. So let's set the scene. There's just some. I don't know if there's some mood music. If you want, we can we can dim the lights and like fire up some candles. <laughs> okay. So. It's 1934. What was that? It's it's that dirty porn base, isn't it? That that wasn't mood setting. That was like the Pirates of the Caribbean theme tune. (laughs) See, now I've got an image of like Hitler sort of gloriously (laughs) thrusting away alongside and Johnny Depp's in the background looking startled. Hitler in role play as Captain Jack Sparrow. Jordan has actually keeled over. (laughs) Eva Bourne as Keira Knightley. Oh, Kira Knightley's Eva Braun. That's that's a <sighs> biopic soon to come out, probably next Oscar season. Okay, so let's oh get God, started. Oh, God, I'm so up for that. I'd so watch that. It's 1934, and Germany is seemingly at the start of a new golden age. 
gone is the old 30-party system, and it is finally under the efficient stewardship of one glorious leader, the amazing Adolf Hitler and his Nazi party. <laughs> you, and you, Jordan, and you, James, are okay. both but simple housemaid stroke men. You <laughs> 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 are lucky enough to get the payday of a lifetime and be sent to ha- clean the house of the Fuhrer himself. Adolf Hitler. Oh, wonderful. Okay, so the first choice you have to make here, as as with any Pokemon game or uh, sex-based dictator choose-your-own-adventure story, <laughs> um, are you A, a boy, or B, a... Are you A, a boy, or B, a girl? Are you a man or a woman? I, Jordan? I, I'm a man. So you've got a unisex name. And Is this James. like at the start of the Pokemon? Exactly. Yeah. When I'm imagining like Joseph Goebbels standing there <laughs> showing you like Pokemon. <laughs> it's a hot sauce. I assume like Joseph Goebbels had a really camp German voice. Like, oh, hello. Are you a boy or a girl? Welcome to cleaning Sephora's house. Would you like some Charmander? Um, the, the fire type are particularly good for ethnic cleansing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, to be to be different and to see how this will affect the the, the situation, I'm I'm gonna go girl. Okay, so Jordan, you're a man. You went with a. So Hitler was responsible for the death of as many as seventy five thousand homosexual men. See, <laughs> seeing as the exercise here is to have sex with Hitler, you lose. Try again. <laughs> is that it? Is that That's Jordan's it. adventure over? <laughs> Do you want to try again? Do you want to pick that option again? I, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll choose female. <laughs> Great, okay. So you're both women. Okay. okay. So okay, in this right. case, Adolf opens the door. Wait, hello, he says seductively. I can't do a German accent. So <laughs> <laughs> just, like, just, just like, keep trying. Keep going, keep try going. again, try again. Wait, hello. <laughs> okay. Why, Hello. He says no, seductively. No, don't, don't do a suave. You've got to give it a bit of a German, like, twang. Twang. Why, hello? Okay, he says seductively to you in full Nazi uniform. Oh, hi. I'm here to clean your house, you say. Come in, come in, responds Hitler. <laughs> I don't even know what this accent is becoming. Okay, do you say, and you've got a choice here, A, I'd like to clean the pipes, <laughs> or B, I only do my cleaning completely naked. Um. Oh, we're passing this one over to me. Um, I don't know because I I want to appease the Fiora, mm. but I think that if we start off by going completely naked, that's too strong of an introduction. I'll Fair I'll, I'll clean the pipes. Okay, you want to clean the pipes? <laughs> and obviously, for the sake of variety, I'll go for. <laughs> uh, oh man, Fiora, I do the cleaning completely naked. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so James, of course. I'd like I've come to clean the pipes is a euphemism. Oh, Hitler would infamously refuse blowjobs, according to <laughs> um, Professor Albert no Albert Speer, who was one of Hitler's closest confidants, um, who reported that he was told as much by Hitler's wife Eva Braun. Oh wow! Hitler sends you to clean the literal pipes and then on to clean the house. Right. He has the most spectacular collection of hats. When you finish, Hitler sends you home. And the uh, and the company sends another cleaner the following two weeks, who successfully copulates with Hitler. Um, oh, so, so have I? Have I not copulated with Hitler? No, sorry. <laughs> um, let's move. I basically, in order to save it getting too complicated, have basically given a wrong answer constantly. Um, <laughs> it's for the also, sake of ease. I, I like how you've created a game in which the objective is to have intercourse with Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jordan, you take all your clothes off. Reportedly, Hitler used to have sex fully clothed during the war. He preserved himself, uh, you know, he presented himself as a celibate man. And while this was not true per se, he became increasingly focused during wartime uh, and certain traits would be turned up to 11. <clears throat> However, you have such a rocking bod, Hitler is pretty turned on by it, <laughs> which is a sentence I'm sure many, many people want to hear. How does um, that make you feel, Jordan, knowing that you're <laughs> arousing Hitler? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not too different for that time I was with Stalin, but... <laughs> this is a previously undiscussed chapter of your life, Jordan. I was not aware of your flirtations with various dictators. I, at one point, was a Russian concubine. <laughs> um, this is possibly just because you're as many as 20 years younger than him. Uh, probably more because, I mean, he was born in, like, quite a while ago and he's dead. Um, 
and that was what he was into. He was into younger women. Mm-hmm. Like, um, of those five sexual partners who attempted suicide, uh, four of them were at least 18 years younger than him. Wow. So, I mean, yeah. Um, clearly, lovely lives they're having. Wait, did we establish how old we are in this Choose Your Own Adventure? Oh, I don't know. How old do you want to be? Um, what's the age of consent in Germany? Oh, I think it's like 16. Oh, we want to be older than that. I'll be like, I'll be 19. Okay. That's a bit more reasonable. I think I'll, I'll just be fresh out the block, you know, 18-year-old. Okay. <laughs> new, new on the maid scene. You've both gone for pretty pretty young Hitler sedu- seducatresses. Seducos. <laughs> Seducos, yeah. <laughs> You're both doing pretty well for squids. Squids. Squid. I couldn't decide whether to say squares or grids. So it says squids. Um grids of numbers um you're doing a pretty good job seducing a dictator okay um where were we oh yeah so possibly you're 20 years younger than him which he was into he grabs you and takes you to the bathroom do you a talk first or b is it time for physicality uh both of you've got a choice here do you want to talk or do you want to just get on with it get down and dirty with adolf um i i think we'll approach this cautiously <laughs> i i will talk with the hitler before copulating. And I will get physical with the Hitler. <laughs> so physical, physical with Hitler. <laughs> physical. Now there's a jingle. Um okay, so James. Hitler reportedly had a preference for stupid girls uh, who would not challenge him and would just submit to him. That he considered sounds pretty Hitlery. He did. He considered himself very desirable for women and would use his position of power to form lengthy sexual relationships with minimal amounts of decent discussion. Hmm. Um, just by opening your mouth to say something other than something like, I don't know, uh, you could gas my chamber any day or moustaches are sexy or something like that. Uh, you, you're out. <laughs> Hitler makes you clean his bath and kicks you out. Sorry. Let's <laughs> make another another decision. You lost that round. I'm kind of worried that I'm making all the right choices to seduce Hitler. <laughs> um, Jordan. Well, Hitler reportedly asked his niece... Uh, Gelly, Jelly, Gelly, G E L I, that girl, that top top girl, Hitler's niece. Uh, he reportedly asked her to defecate and urinate on him. Um, oh, yeah, he had such an extreme hygiene obsession that it's believed, and this is where it came from, uh, that doing this felt wrong and naughty, and like it was so bad and dirty that it turned Hitler on. Um, so he- <laughs> <laughs> I'm still like I've I've never understood this as some manner of fetish or something. No, it's like oh yeah, can you can you take a shit on my chest? It's like <laughs> how are people aroused by this? Someone's just done a shit on your chest. <laughs> I, Surely I, that's unpleasant. I, I, you know, each to their own in that. But I don't see where like the whole sexual part of it comes from. Yeah, I, uh, well, it's, it's confusing. But it's so kind of primal, isn't it? And there's I don't know because. You're down to like core bodily functions. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying. I can't um, talk. I can only defecate. <laughs> God, that turns me on so much. Hitler asks you to lie down. <laughs> Hitler asks... Oh God, I'm so going to take that sound <laughs> and use that out of context. <laughs> Hitler asks you to lie down. He undoes his belt and begins to poop on you. <laughs> Do you a smear it all over yourself oh, or no. b keep it in one one contained solid bunch? No, I can't make that choice. Jordan, what do you do? Hitler is pooing on you. I wouldn't. I wouldn't rub it on myself. So I just kind of like immobilize myself and just try not to let it roll anywhere. <laughs> James, what decision would you have made? Am I still in this? I thought Hitler had kicked me out of his Hit- house Hit- twice. <laughs> what would you make hypothetically? I'll, to be honest, I'd. I, I don't know if I'd openly let Hitler like poop on my chest, but for, for the sake of. In fact, no, I'm, I'm not going to smear it on myself. I'm going <laughs> to just let it sit there. No, that's a good choice because um, Hitler was famously tidy and so just wouldn't, and you didn't want to get his uniform or himself dirty, so he wouldn't go anywhere near if you were just smeared and shit. Um, and besides, like, why would you even do You don't. If you're going to smear your own feces all over yourself, you don't deserve to have sex with Hitler, quite frankly. Um, okay, so... No, that right on. there. That's the title of the podcast. <laughs> you don't deserve to have sex with Hitler. There we go. Very good. Um, okay, Jordan. Hitler scrapes it off and begins to remove the badge-filled uniform. He's won a lot of badges. He's a <laughs> great guy, Hitler. He was part of the scouts, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he leaves his clothes as a sexy trail through the house, a bit like the episode of Come Outside where Pippin leaves a trail of sausages through the forest. 
Wait, hold on. I thought Hitler was into having sex fully clothed, you said. Yeah, but he's not now. <laughs> Are we having continuity errors? For it's, all, it's all reportedly. I'm pretty you sure... You assured us this was historically accurate, I can, I can assure you, at some point in his life, Hitler was naked. Okay. No, okay. it was only during the war he began to have sex with his clothes on. Because uh, it was okay. quicker and cleaner. Um, more efficient, you could say. Okay, so you, you head over to the sofa where Hitler lies. Oh. Eva Braun's friends and relatives describe her giggling over a 1938 photograph of Neil Chamberlain, Neville Chamberlain, sitting on a sofa in Hitler's Munich flat with the remark, if only he knew what goings-on that sofa had seen. <laughs> well, you're about to find out. Oh, oh, here we go. You have to undress Hitler. Oh. Ernest Hanfersteingel, uh, one of the members of Hitler's inner circle in the early years in Munich, wrote that, and this is a quote, I feel Hitler was a case of a man who was neither fish, flesh, nor fowl, neither fully homosexual nor fully heterosexual. I had formed the firm conviction that he was impotent, the repressed, masturbating sort. What item do you remove first? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know. Shoes, I guess. Um, I'll just go for, like, whatever I'm wearing on top shirt or blouse or whatever it's called are we allowed to like remove his moustache and shave him really quickly and it's only a little one you get a bit of a you know a sort of wet razor a bit of a (laughs) swipe there he is hitler's moustache is gone he considered his moustache as like a a point of power though he considered that to be the thing that gave him his there was what gave him his superpowers like without that he lost his ability to fly he's like a racist austrian samson (laughs) If you cut off my moustache, I lose my power. <laughs> do, so, do you not remember that comic where Superman became the head of the Third Reich? <laughs> In that often forgotten series of DC what comics. So you remove the shoes. That's a good choice. Good okay. choice. And you remove whatever he's wearing on top. That's a good choice as well. Um, you then remove all his other items. And Hitler is now fully naked. And he throws you onto the sofa. He grins broadly as he settles down on top. Hitler's throbbing large oh god i I, sorry james i just remembered your mum listens to the podcast (laughs) (laughs) you're saying this i would like to clarify mum that i had no impact (laughs) on what was being said here me neither sally me me neither (laughs) no no the the thing i'm wanting to apologize for is i should have called the housemaid sally (laughs) no robbie we can't have my mum having sex with hitler also (laughs) also to my mum who now can listen to the podcast It's all Robbie. <laughs> this is all Robbie's. No, I'm, 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 I'm kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving it there, just, just because I don't think anyone did anything to deserve hearing where this goes from here. Where it's just, there's no more choices. Have you just written the rest? Out. Have you written the rest? Um, <laughs> send it this way. I'm, I'm curious. No, it Can was. We... No, I, I just I'll want read to... it out. I want to. No, there, there's, there's, there's nothing. I just want to congratulate you, Jordan, on successfully seducing. Adolf Hitler. Well done, Jordan. Well done. You had sex with Hitler. Welcome to Verbal Discharge. Please leave your message during the tone, which is right now. So please continue listening after the tone. So we're going to do the rest of this show now in sign language with audio (laughs) commentary. Oh, that's 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 a top joke, Jordan. It's not a joke. This is the I'm kind of thing people listen for. I'm going to do sign language now. Okay. Jordan okay. makes a hand gesture to signify. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen these at work in that I feel as though I have mentioned this every single show, haven't mm. I? Since um, every now and again at work at the cinema, there'll be sort of audio subtitle or audio. Yeah. I don't know how you say it, narrated. Yeah. Um, screenings. And yeah. Like, Big Hero Six. Hero is saddened by the. <laughs> I I kind I kind of appreciate it because you get some films because I, I I had a weird thing a, a couple of years back where I'd watch a film and then I'd I think oh that's good I wonder what it's like the audio descript version so I'd watch <laughs> the audio description version just for a laugh and um, so sometimes the descriptions are amazing they've got really colourful speech and everything's yeah. perfect and sometimes it's just absolute god <laughs> awful. I mean, I'd like but, I'd, I'd quite like to see them try and describe sort of more abstract films. Like, like say, Under the Skin or, yeah. or A Field in England. <laughs> hearing, the, hearing someone try to describe the events of Field in England. The sequence, like the, the, sort of, the sequence where they've taken the required drugs 
in A Field in England, which is like the... Do you mean the clip where it cuts backwards and forwards and it shows you events that happen later in the film? Yeah, and then you've got the like the just flashing images and all of that. Yeah. And in fact, the whole thing takes place in black and white, and yet you so clearly, like, you could have an epileptic fit watching that. that I want to hear a description of that scene, just, the audience passes out. <laughs> I imagine, like, with um, when you get to that scene, the guy recording the audio commentary just kind of shrugs. <laughs> and, and he's, Wait. I'd love if he explained, I don't have the words for this. <laughs> Can we just... Every character is dead, but they're sort of not. <laughs> Can we just bring it back? What was with Robbie's audio description then? The audio description guy is narrating the audience. <laughs> the audience are having fits. <laughs> the audience cannot contain the sheer horror at the images they are being subjected to. <laughs> Someone watching a comedy is saying, the audience laughs. The audience laughs again. Or we could watch like the Big Bang Theory and just you wouldn't have anything. With the laugh cue cards. Have you ever seen the supercut of, I think it's How I Met Your Mother, mm. um, with all the different canned laughter they use? Yeah. And people have compiled like sort of, there's one I knew as the like ostrich laugh. And you, <laughs> you can see every single time that canned laughter is used throughout mm. the series and I'll usually give them a couple of like episodes break before using them yeah. again it's interesting they they managed to pull this off on so many levels not just on TV shows but um, I remember I, I've never been Did I, I don't think it's either of your cup of tea really either but um, you never been to T4 on the beach back when it was a thing no T4 oh it was T4. in that old like Channel 4 morning yeah, program yeah, yeah. With yeah. the sort of the really weird like background to the sofas, and I just thought, yeah. well, no one's ever been in a room like that. No, um, it's, it's down in Western Supermare, but Shannon went there one year when she was about, I don't know, 15 this is or 16. Jordan's girlfriend. Yeah, I, 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 no, we'll not go back <laughs> into that. Um, she she went there anyway, and um, apparently, who's that ginger one from? Is it Girls Aloud? Who? Oh, Nic- Nicola Roberts. Yeah, yeah, she went off on a solo thing, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, her solo album is actually pretty terrific. Yeah, but she was so god awful live that they actually had cue cards and everything holding up for her saying, clap, cheer, <laughs> and that sort of stuff. And she finished singing and then they walk off and she walked off and they were like holding up like card, cards <laughs> and like saying over megaphones, make sure to cheer for her when she comes out and all that sort Aww. of stuff. Aww. No, Poor his, Nicola Roberts his being solo unable album. to handle a crowd. Her solo album is really good. It, like, it's angry. It's just really kind of impassioned and fierce. Like it's about how she was basically bullied by the media, mm. and every song's like, "Shut up and leave me alone." <laughs> it's 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 really quite good. That surprisingly, be the name so. Of the album. <laughs> I've never actually listened to it. I, I'm not... No, I don't. I don't. I wouldn't expect you to. No. Cinderella's Eyes is called. I suppose it, in in a way, it must have been difficult for her being just the token ginger one in yeah. Girls Aloud. Do you remember when exactly. she got really skinny and she started looking like something that had been dug about the ground? Who yeah. was the which was the member of Girls Aloud who got really into like crack or whatever? Oh, it was? Sarah. Sarah Harding. Sarah, yeah. old Sarah Go, with a with a crack. Is this becoming like the test of my it's like I'm doing mastermind <laughs> on Girls Aloud? <laughs> this can be your specialist subject. Yeah, I can get away with that. I can get away with that. Yeah. Can't speak French. Yep. Yeah. Um <laughs> Oh, that was that was chemistry. The album chemistry, which is of course about the Iraq War. Um, Are you playing through this episode of Mastermind in your head now, <laughs> yeah. in which you're being asked questions exclusively about girls allowed. Models, the most underrated track they ever produced, never understood why it wasn't released as a single. Hmm. Uh, Long hot summer, yeah, that was um, what Mark was his face did say it was the worst song he ever wrote. Even though I thought it was pretty good. Should have appeared on ten. Their sort of. Do you think if if I were to ever go on Mastermind when they asked me, oh, what do you want to be a specialist subject? I could say moles I have. <laughs> <laughs> not not as in like, like little, little, little tunneling critters. creatures, <laughs> but as in just, just little little blemishes I have on my skin. Because <laughs> I think I'm fairly familiar with them. In the summer of 99, <laughs> which part of your body gained an extra mole? <laughs> oh, God. It'd be horrifying if they'd managed to, like, trace my skin back to 1999. <laughs> we did a carbon dating graph on cross-sections of your skin we cut out from you while you were sleeping. And especially given that they've got them from 19... That would infer that, like, since me being the age of what? How old would I have been in 1999? Like, <laughs> six, seven? Yeah, yeah. And they've yeah. already, like, flagged me up as, oh, yeah, this guy will be on Mastermind someday, it's talking no, no, about like, his skin. The BBC have invented time travel. They just won't let anyone know. Doctor Who is a documentary. It's just like a book that's got a really, really terrible plot. 
All this time we've been waiting for you. <laughs> All this time we've been watching. So we can ask questions about your mastermind. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, here's a, a plot for a film. And you can have this for free, by which I mean, no, you can't. Um, <laughs> I expect loyalties. Uh, so, loyalties? Yeah, we, it's a bit like 1984 um, in that we're all being watched, but it's so that in the future uh, they've got comprehensive things for game shows so they can ask us questions about our entire lives. And this is a bit like 80, 1980 more the, for the Truman Show and that the two episodes of Doctor Who uh, with the game station, Bad Wolf and Party of the Wise. Back in 1984, which hooker did you kill in a bush? <laughs> 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 I didn't think anybody knew about that. <laughs> like, oh, was... I'm sorry, Mastermind. <laughs> and not specifically, they're not asking or they're not concerned about the fact that you killed a hooker <laughs> in 1984. They're asking you specifically... Which prostitute did you murder? <laughs> which hooker did you leave in the which, which famous prostitute? <laughs> Former Wales hooker, Bobby Moore. No, but what? Rugby puns. Yeah. Rugby bants. Top rugby bants. <laughs> no, what, what verbal discharge show would be complete without a bit of rugby bants? Uh, any of them. Actually, I, don't, I think that's something that's been a bit lacking lately. We no, haven't seen I... many rugby questions or orientated things coming from Robbie lately. No, you haven't. And even though it's the Six Nations going on, maybe it's because Wales didn't beat England and haven't wanted to bring the Six Nations up at all. <laughs> that was oh, it. well. I mean, I suppose it's going to happen. I mean, I mean, not the Six Nations, <laughs> but Welsh getting the, the Welsh getting destroyed. I just think we should wipe the Welsh off the face of the planet. <laughs> Good. This is odd, given that we've been talking about dictators and ethnic cleansing yeah, I, until now. I, I think you would have fitted in with Hitler. I think if he's having Jordan, he's having sex with Jordan, like he could have got on with you. You could have been an item with Hitler. We go, hey, you could Hitler, have been the next Eva. Don't get me wrong. All of this stuff about the Jews and whatnot, it all sounds well and good. But do you know who we should really be targeting here? And he'd go, oh, oh who should we be targeting? <laughs> that isn't Hitler's voice. That's the closest I can get to Hitler's, Hitler's voice. Hitler's always very angry, isn't he? Like, I wonder I why. In What's he got speeches, to be angry about? He, he does all that head motion as well. So it'd be like, what was it? What was, what was he going to say? I can't remember what he was saying to you now. Oh, I was just, Hitler was saying to me, he was just saying like, oh, what the, who should we get rid of, James? Yeah, and I, like, I'm like, the Welsh, Hitler. The Welsh. Don't you worry, little Adolf, I'll take care of this one for you. He'd be like, why the Welsh? <laughs> Have you ever um, seen any of like the subtitled um, uh, sort of clips of Hitler doing his speeches? Yeah. Because because quite often, like when you see him shouting and doing his, those angry German sounds. That that went into Arnold <laughs> oh, yeah. almost. Bit of Arnie up at the top. Um, but quite often, a lot of them, he's he's just shouting about really mundane things, yeah. and he's just like really furious about like the price of beans or whatever. <laughs> There was the one about bread, wasn't there? I remember the one where he's talking Ooh, about bread. I don't bread. know if I've seen this one. Yeah, he's just talking about the price of bread and mm. the economy of Germany, and he's really angry about it. Could you imagine if, like, if um, you've got David Cameron up at the top, and you just write, okay, people of Britain, right! <laughs> we can't... I just realised yeah. James scrabbling to turn the volume levels down. <laughs> I, I, I saw the spike then on, on the sound. <laughs> Could you imagine David Cameron being passionate about anything? Uh, <laughs> oh, political. I, I, uh, topical. Yes. Political of anything apart from... P political, uh, that, topical, that, logical. That, that one that's like kind of half stuck inside of him. What's his name? Nick Clegg, there we go. <laughs> half stuck inside of him, yeah. like the mutant from the first Total Recall. I feel, <laughs> I feel like... Oh, Quaid. <laughs> Cut the... Increase the student tuition fees. <laughs> I feel like he got kind of like David was like there's some there's something just under my chair could you just go and get it for me and then he sat on him and it kind of like <laughs> swallowed the top half of him and he's like now Nick will never have any power in my mind Nick Clegg's like this sort of slightly malformed lab hand <laughs> and David's there in his lab coat cackling and going Clegg Clegg get me the egg salad and, and like Clegg sort of bumbled back and master get you get you the egg salad. And then he brings it to him, and like one of his shoulders is really like freakishly deformed and big because Nick Clegg and, should have elephantitis. <laughs> and the country is the Frankenstein in this, no, the the monster in this Frankenstein Igor situation. It is the thing. So he's sort of looking at it, and he's thinking like, okay, we've got a head, we've got an arm. It doesn't need an doesn't need an NHS. Um, if we give it <laughs> give it a couple of feet. If we privatize, actually privatize the needs, increase the tuition fees three times. <laughs> yeah. 
you, we're going to have to pay significantly more for the eyeballs. Yeah, if it if it wants to see, it's going to have to pay its taxes. <laughs> we'll charge you to use the uh, the shins, and then I, I suppose you'd have the David Cameron thing of like I, I spoke to some shins the other day, <laughs> <laughs> and they said to me, <laughs> I did ride a bike once. It My- had two wheels and went zoom zoom, much like you common people on your way to work. <laughs> My favourite of these was, um, it was in the build-up, I think it was the last election actually, when David Cameron was, no, it was the Greg's Gate, the pasty gate with the pasty tax. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. And (laughs) David Cameron was asked about, like, what do you know about pasties, whatever. Uh, He was asked about your experience, why why have you chosen pasties? And he began, like, he dodged the question in, like, typical political style. Only instead of sort of answering it by boasting, he said... I, I was in a Greg's up in um up in, in down in Plymouth the other day, and I decided I'd go in and have some food, and I thought I had a choice between two pasties. And the choice was between a larger one and a smaller one, and I chose the larger one. And it was rather nice. <laughs> what? And that was it. He didn't say like the choice between the flavors. He didn't say like I just mean cheese and onion or like steak and bean. I he said I had a choice between a large one and a small one, which Gregs don't do. Gregs don't do seen, sizes. He's never seen a pasty. He was probably talking about like a steak, bacon, a Cornish pasty. Exactly. He had no idea what he was talking about, and yet hearing him like in this level of detail, this slowly, and it was like it was a full press conference. Like there were there were hundreds of people in the room, and he was addressing them all from a podium and talking about like a fictionalized account. He was struggling to make up a story about buying a pasty. I did have water from a tap once. <laughs> Which is amazing that this is what the political system's become. Yeah. That in order to get in power, you need to lie about buying pasties. <laughs> I think it's, in an odd way, it's something of a horror, like, sort of harrowing sign that we have a political system whereby politicians will have to pretend to be human. Yeah. And we've got a place where David Cameron has to make up a story about eating a pasty in mm. order to justify himself as a politician. And it's like when you see those, fo- like there's always photos of like Ed Miliband in boots or whatever. Yeah. And like these aren't in the same way you see photos of Jennifer Lawrence in boots no. because people are just like, they're papping her. Ed Miliband has posed in a shop and pretended he's actually looking at skincare products. Yeah. Like, pretending he, he wipes his face after he eats or he whatever. Does, he does wipe his face every time he cries that he's such <laughs> a shit leader of the Labour Party. Yeah, unelectable. <laughs> Do you think his brother's forgiven him yet? <laughs> <laughs> What's his brother doing now? He, like, works for a bank in Australia or something, Oh, of he? course he does. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. I can imagine him just buggering off after that failed I attempt. think he just cooks meth now. <laughs> he's gone out, he's broken bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that Wait. is a scandal I would love to see. <laughs> That'd like be fantastic. Thought... What's his brother's name again? It's Dave, David. David, David Miliband. Miliband. Instead of taking, like, instead of Jesse Pinkman, you were Ed Balls sitting there, like, <laughs> cooking with him. He's like... I... I signed. I signed. No, up. Dave, bitch. <laughs> Talking about politics and taxes, actually, I saw. I, I signed a petition. I was trying to be a valuable member of the community the other oh, day. Yeah. Tampon tax. Stop taxing tampons. Yeah. I didn't know they were taxed. Yeah. I saw a wonderful, a wonderful, very, very misinformed comment on there from a guy who said, "If I don't get taxed on my cigarettes, then I, <laughs> the women shouldn't get taxed on their tampons." <laughs> Something of a difference yeah. there. Also, you do get taxed quite heavily on cigarettes. Yeah, exactly. That is mm. one of the most... I think it might be the single most taxed That's, item. They make a lot of money on yeah. cigarettes tax. So that's why if you go over to like the US and things, cigarettes are dirt cheap in mm. comparison to what they are here because they're taxed so heavily. Yeah. It's the Which same is, with why alcohol is like, yeah. relatively expensive here yeah, because it's, it's taxed so heavily. Because they want to try and put people off. It's a deterrent method. Sp- oh. Yeah. I, I, I kind of went, and... <laughs> and... Oh. I know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, politics. Politics. We've just had a political discussion. I'm, I'm, no, I'm, that, I'm enjoying this. Often? I think we need more satire on the show. Rather I don't know if it's satire or just no, the yeah, truth, just, no, or, just or we're just angry about pasties, <laughs> specifically <laughs> David Cameron's thoughts and views on pasties. I am. I am going to swing past Greg to make sure that they don't do a large and small pasty. <laughs> I'm sure they don't. Like. Those... They're extortionally <laughs> expensive now. Like you'd need to be a Tory politician to be able to afford a Greg's pasty Have at the been moment. Been to Costa lately or oh, Starbucks? They're, they're ridiculous, both of them. I I I I I, 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 I occasionally go in a place like Costa or Starbucks because I think I'll treat myself to a professionally made barista style 
fresh coffee yeah. bean arabic big blah or whatever it's called <laughs> okay. arabica is it arabica they're... Their paninis are pretty good in Costa. You you go in there and you're like, I'll have a large coffee and one of those very small cookies, please. And they're like, that's £7.50. Yeah. And you're kind of like, what? (laughs) As much as anything, though, you're paying to sit inside Costa. Like you're paying for a table for an hour or two, aren't you? Do you remember? Do you remember when you were able to indulge the kind of writer stereotype who goes sit in a coffee shop and buy a coffee and sit in there for like a pound? And now it's like, if you want to sit in our shop, you got to pay. I, I was nose. never too into the sitting in coffee shops, mainly because I once went into, I think, a Cafe Nero and bought a coffee. And I was just, I was, oh, yeah, cheers. Here's your medium, medium coffee, 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 caffeine. Mm. I don't know, like, the different types coffee, of Coffee, coffee, caffeine, caffeine. Here's your coffee, coffee, caffeine cup. Yeah. And you say, <laughs> oh, that's £4.50 or whatever. And you've got that double take moment. If I was drinking the coffee, I would have spat it out. Then go, <laughs> Spit take. What? But I wasn't, so I, I just paid. Mm. That's the worst thing. They've done the coffee, they've made it, and you haven't looked at the price <laughs> board because you yeah. just assume that coffee is... I mean, it's even extortionate in the university, really. There's a coffee machine, right? I, when I used to work back in the International Centre in Telford, I go to the mm-hmm. coffee machine in the staff room and pay 10p and get... It was really nice coffee. Mm. It was perfect. Here, same machine, same machine, pound fifty. Ridiculous. What? It's the same machine, but they're charging one pound forty more because it's university coffee. It's scandalous, Jordan. It's whenever someone can rip you off, they will. They will. Whenever anyone can squeeze an extra few pennies out of it, it's like why cinema food is so expensive. Cinema drinks because you're locked in there. You've got to actually. Eat. Can I? Oh, <laughs> oh no, James, you work at a cinema. Can Enlighten I? Us. Can I crack my knuckles at this one and prepare? Yeah. <clears throat> See, this is you had your David Cameron rant, and this okay, is okay. I'm now I'm now going to in defence of cinemas a spontaneous essay by me, James Bosson. Right, um, you had to think about that. You had to try and remember your own surname. I can't remember my own name at times. I, I don't know how these things work. But anyway, to go into it, the reason that food and drinks and the like at cinemas is so expensive is because quite often now the deals that are cut with cinemas when they play films by Mm. the production companies and by the marketing teams that will distribute those films um it'll sort of explicitly state that the actual cinema where you buy the ticket the money won't go to them they make nothing they don't turn a profit so the only way they can generate a profit is by charging people for food and obviously because they can't make any money from the from the actual cinema tickets Mm. they've got to charge people borderline cinema ticket prices for the food which is why when you go and you like oh can I have my popcorn and my such and such it's yeah. seven pounds whatever that's so god awful yeah. you shouldn't blame the cinemas there should, there for should the be. price it's, of food you should blame the film production should you look at, a, a, like a commission on the tickets though. you look yeah the tens, like the way you I, I always understood it as working was that basically ticket sales sort of break even with the cost of playing the film and mm. then the actual money they make off it is through food and drink and so yeah. on and other stuff a bit like how sort of when you buy a Wii or an Xbox, like the they don't tend to make a profit on the system itself. It's the moment you buy a game they're making a profit. Mm. Mm. That's how the entertainment industry works. That you need to get in, and then then they turn a profit from there on out. Like once you're committed. God, we're all over the important issues today. Yeah, yeah. this, this is, has this been is... a startlingly critical and very informal. Not not <laughs> informal. What, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Formal. Bobby? Formal, yeah. Formal, the Form. other one, <laughs> the other half of that formality formative. spectrum. It's very formative. It's, it's formative either informal or it's about Hitler's penis. So, I mean, two ends of the spectrum there. Yeah, yeah. The the ZX spectrum. I, I I think it's nice to keep our listeners <laughs> guessing. So to summarise, Hitler's penis. I'm a pasty eater. I'm a pasty eater. station at the time, um, and the choice was whether to have one of their small ones or their large ones, and I got a feeling I opted for the large one, and very good it was too. Smaller species are known for an alleged tendency to invade and parasite the human urethra. However, despite ethnological reports dating back to the late 19th century, the first documented case of the removal of a kangaroo from a human urethra did not occur <laughs> until 1997, oh. and even that incident has remained a matter of controversy. 
And you're back with us here on Verbal <laughs> Discharge. Human urethras all the way to the end of the show. So Where? You interrupted. That's, um, that's, that we actually could. Sorry, <laughs> you interrupted the, um, the, the. Okay, sorry, what were you wanting us to say? I'll edit this out. In, in response to what? Um, go again. Let's start again from you listen to Verbal Discharge where whatever, whatever you said. Ignore everything I've said. And you're back with us here on Verbal Discharge where we've got human urethras walking out the door. We've got human urethras <laughs> here, left, right, centre, coming from you every which direction but loose. This is not a microphone I'm talking into. It's a human urethra, only wired up. So, human urethra Franklin, that well-known jazz singer. <laughs> it's like that. We're, we're, this studio is like that ship on Doctor Who that has all the human body parts and the microphones, uh, the urethras. From and... <laughs> the hit episode, The Girl in the Fireplace. Yeah, that's the one. And sort of um, then Peter Cabaldi's de- debut episode, Deep Breath, where the same idea reoccurred. About human urethras? I've had two chances to go, <laughs> I know Doctor Who today. Did you use them both? I do. Yeah, I use them both. Does um, that mean you're out for today? I'm out. Are you, are you doctored to the matter? Is this not... Dragon's Den? Are you oot? <laughs> I'm oot. Oot? Yes, I'm oot. Because it's like the Scottish one always says, I'm oh, oot. Oh, Duncan Ballantyne. Yeah. I'm sorry, Robbie. But your idea for human urethra joysticks is not going to profit anybody. I'm out. <laughs> your business and you is detestable, and I'm out. <laughs> Where did you get all these urethras from, anyway? <laughs> Why have you presented? I'd love that, like, on Dragon's Den, if someone brought out, like, a chalkboard of nothing but urethras <laughs> pinned on there with thumbtacks. <laughs> <laughs> or just drawings of them. And just say, yeah, there'll be real ones when we make it. This is the Fallaboard. It's a prototype. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, do you remember those deleted scenes on Dragon's Den where the guy came out with all of the urethras? (laughs) (laughs) That that would be some good... There's got to be some people that have taken things in there that they haven't shown because they've been way too offensive or something. Oh, they're bound to be. Um, I think the guy uh, or someone who lived near to me once went on Dragon's Den with like a new kind of fence panelling that he'd made mm. uh, and he didn't make the final cut. It, it was oh. now a broadcast. Was that oh. because it was like in the shape of a bum or something? As far as I'm aware, no, it was just not a very good idea and he got shot down in flames. <laughs> fence, <laughs> Fair fen- enough. Each fence panel has a unique, recognisable racist quote. <laughs> <laughs> Every single fence panel comes with its own personalizable ethnic slur. <laughs> but, but having like I I mean, I'll tell the story properly on another podcast, but I, I was very almost on The Young Apprentice. Have we not mentioned this on air yet? I don't think we have. No, so I was I uh, should I do this now? Are we doing this now? Yeah, we'll do this now. Go on, go on. Okay, I basically when I was what would I be, sixteen, seventeen, I applied to be on the BBC's Young Apprentice, the the, the junior, junior version yeah, yeah, yeah. of the kind of the hit BBC One series starring Lord Alan Sugar and Nick Hewer and <laughs> Karen Brady. Um, everyone's sort of person that they just sort of acknowledge exists but don't really care about. Everyone, mm. I miss Margaret. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I applied to be on it. I almost was. Um, I Again, I think I'll do these stories another time. Um, and if this one's going out later, we're recording this early. Uh, I may well have done it. Oh, on the you've show ruined the, like, the radio <laughs> magic now. I know, but I think when we made references that almost certainly be dated, that will have been ruined anyway. We'll see how it holds up. We'll see how it holds yeah, up. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, I was almost on The Apprentice, and basically I was just the point I was going to make was just how ridiculous the like, confidentiality forms you have to sign are. I wasn't allowed to post on Facebook. Like, I'd already told people I'm going to have my interview for The Apprentice. <laughs> but when I did pretty well, I knew I was going to get... I didn't know I was going to get a callback, but when I'd done well enough for them to do like a screen test for me, um, they made me sign a thing that said, I won't tell anyone I had an interview to be on The Apprentice. Despite the fact I said that morning, I'm going away to go like on Facebook. I was like, going to go and do my interview for The Apprentice. So, I mean, <laughs> Hey, Robbie, how did that interview for The Apprentice go? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I then, <laughs> like that evening had to post like a thing on Facebook saying I had a good interview for a nondescript BBC program <laughs> that I did pretty well on, but I'm not allowed to tell you about because of that confidentiality agreement I signed. You could neither confirm nor deny the no. rumours that you were involved. <laughs> the other thing is, and they like they ran me through a number of things that happened where I had to get on it, um, was that like you know when sort of someone will be kicked off in the first week. 
They don't send you back home. Instead, they keep you in a hotel in London for the whole, like, nine weeks without internet access or, like, you would get one phone call a week to your loved ones and so on. Like, what? You, basically, you're kept in, like... Alcatraz. Yeah, I mean, like, they give... It's a nice hotel and they give you nice food and everything. But no but, internet. But no, you're cut in off this yeah. world. Contact. Yeah, exactly. You're not allowed to tell people you've been kicked off or anything. And it's like the you always wonder how nobody knows like uh, who's been yeah, kicked okay. off weeks in advance. That's because of the levels they go to. Like they cut them off. It's like I know Nintendo used to it was only like two thousand and seven, they allowed their employees to have internet access at home in in case something was leaked. Like people act like actual designers and the sort of Kyoto studios. Mm. They weren't allowed into access until 2007 when it sort of broadband really took off and it became like almost a human right in the way like water or or oxygen is. Do you remember when, sorry, a bit of a tangent, when yep. Shigeru Miyamoto kind of accidentally unveiled that they were working on a new Star Fox oh, in the he... middle of a tech demo for The Legend of Zelda? But he'd done it earlier at E3. He just like, out, he was being interviewed about something or other. Um, it was the new Mario Maker thing. And he just said, like, oh, I'm using a similar technique in the new Star Fox. And everyone kind of did a double take, like, what? What, what, what did he just say? <laughs> Shigeru Miyamoto, you mad, mad swine. He's an absolute hero. He really um, is. Yeah. I, just the fact that Nintendo had to, like, gag him because anything he says is potentially worth millions for them. He is a real hero. <laughs> yeah. And a real human being. Hmm. And just like the film Drive that fortunately ended, it's now time for <laughs> us to do something similar, I believe. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, thank you for listening to Verbal Discharge. If you liked Verbal Discharge, you can subscribe to Verbal Discharge on iTunes. Just search Verbal Discharge and you'll be presented with the words Verbal Discharge. Click on Verbal Discharge to subscribe to the Verbal Discharge podcast. You can also rate Verbal Discharge and review Verbal Discharge. And also go to verbaldischarge.co.uk to read the Verbal Discharge blog by us, Verbal Discharge. You can also follow us at Verb Dis Radio, disappointingly, because we weren't Verbal Discharge was already taken by some swine. Um, Who hadn't posted for like years it's just just terrible we couldn't have verbal discharge or you can search on facebook for verbal discharge where you'll find us oh you can verbal just discharge. search on google because yeah. apparently we're the top result now top yeah. five with yeah is in the whole five not as in we're in the top five is in we <laughs> no. are the top five yeah. that we've got a monopoly on search results for us <laughs> <laughs> and we oh. definitely didn't pay £100,000 on Facebook to broadcast ourselves for two weeks. <laughs> we can neither confirm nor deny any rumours that Robbie has been on The Apprentice, Jordan <laughs> had sex with Hitler, <laughs> or that we've given any money to Google. And, and on that no, note... No, go on. Go on, 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 on that note, on, I Robbie, feel... Do it. Do it. James, just it, just Jordan, do it. Just do it. does anyone want to have a final word of the show? Final word. I'll, I'll leave it Wait, open who to did you. The, who did the final word last time? I no one, no one knows because we're in the future. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. So who wants... You know what, to... Robbie? Me? Do a final word. Should we, should we be competitive? Should we count to five and we can all do a final word together? Okay. Um, wait, let, let, me, let me think of a word. Okay, okay, we've got a word. I'll give you a word and then I'll begin counting. Five, four, three, two, one. Mushroom! Sartorial. Wait, what did we go for? Mushroom. Sartorial. Swan. Thank you very much.